welcome to another episode of the Trusted Advisor podcast and video series powered by the Retail Solutions Providers Association. Our goal on the pod is to accelerate the success of today's and tomorrow's leaders in the retail IT industry. I'm Jim Roddy back with you again. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a very special episode for you today, something we've never done before. On April 11th, the RSP Canadian community hosted a networking event at the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto, which featured a discussion between retail strategist Carl Boutet and Michael LeBlanc. Their conversation was packed with details about the retail IT industry, and lucky for you, we recorded their discussion, and we're going to share that with you today. Now, if you're not familiar with Carl and Michael, here's a little bit of background on each of them. First, Carl is a Montreal-based business strategist and executive advisor with over 25 years of operational, marketing, merchandising, and retail executive experience. He's worked across retailer environments for the very large, such as 10 years with Costco, to working as a strategy consultant for a group of 800 independent retailers across Canada. Carl has keynoted on major stages and screens around the world, including NRF Big Show, Shop Talk, RCC Store, Store of the Future, Egyptian Retail Summit, and the Economic Forum of the Americas. And I think we can add to his list now the retail can, uh, the RSPA Retail IT Canadian Community event that we held in Toronto. And then uh, finally on Carl in May 2022, he published his first book, The Great Acceleration, The Race to Retail Resilience. Now, Michael is based in Toronto, where he founded M.E. LeBlanc and Company. He serves as president of Maven Vidia, and he acts as a senior advisor to the Retail Council of Canada and the Bank of America uh, and the Bank of Canada. Uh, he brings 25 plus years of brand retail marketing e-commerce leadership experience, and he's been on the front lines of retail industry change for his entire career. He's delivered keynotes, hosted fireside discussions with C-level executives, and participated worldwide in thought leadership panels. Maven Media produces a network of industry-leading podcasts, including Canada's top retail industry podcast, The Voice of Retail, and the Dallas-based Remarkable Retail with best-selling author Stephen Dennis, now ranked as one of the top 10 retail podcasts in the world. We're chasing them down. Hopefully, uh, RSPA and the Trusted Advisor can get on that list as well. But I digress. Michael, speaking of the RSPA, he's also an RSPA advisory board member, a position he was pointed to in 2022. And he's been super helpful giving his fellow board members and the RSPA staff vision into the key trends in the retail space. And related to retail now, or RSPA, this coming July, Michael's going to be part of a main stage presentation at Retail Now, sharing the insights he's learned being embedded in the RSPA for over a year. And last but not least, Carl and Michael have both been named top industry influencers by Rethink Retail, and we're proud that Rethink Retail is an RSPA media partner and that the RSPA has been named to their industry influencer list as well. So influencing all over the place uh, in this podcast. All right, last two items of business before we get to the conversation. First, thank you so much to the sponsors who support the RSPA community and make this podcast and video series possible. Our platinum sponsor is Blue Star. Our gold sponsors are CoCard, Heartland, ScanSource, and Star Micronics. And then the second item of business, registration is now open for the aforementioned Retail Now 2023, the Retail Technology Channel's number one trade show, education conference, and networking event. Join RSPA and Retail IT channel leaders live and in person July 30th through August 1st at the Gaylord Palms Resort and Convention Center in Orlando. With nearly 200 exhibitors and expected 1,500 more attendees, Retail Now is where the industry meets. For all the details and to register at discounted early bird rates, 
visit the Retailna website today at gorspa.org forward slash retail now. We've been doing some SEO work. You can just right now search retail now 2023, and that should show up number one or number two uh, in your search rank. All right. Well, my work on this episode is done. For those of you watching on YouTube, I've got my beat up Nerf basketball here. So I'm going to uh, get some shots in. Oh, actually nailed that one. Got it. All right. Enjoy the conversation between retail strategists, Carl Boutte and Michael LeBlanc. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's get into it, Carl. Uh, you and I were uh, together at Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago. We were chitting and chatting, and we said, "Hey, let's." I figured let's... we were playing a craps table yeah. and didn't, didn't work out. And uh, you were in my cabana, so uh, I was doing some podcasting in the cabana. So we had some fun. Carl will be on my uh, Voice Retail podcast this Friday, so you hear more from Carl. But for this, more is enough, right? <laughs> more is enough. Moore's law keeps escalating. Uh, so for tonight, we wanted to just uh, ask you a few questions, kind of follow up on your presentation. And the first question is, you know, as you travel the world and um, you teach around the world, you travel the world, uh, you've seen retail from Egypt to Shanghai to, and you're teaching as well now. What's the, what are the commonalities globally? What's the connective tissue that you see, the themes thematically that, that join all this together in retail? Like if we're sitting, if we were in this room in Shanghai or we were in this room in Vietnam, would we? What, what are the same things we've been talking about? Shanghai is a bit of an outlier right now, but uh, Vietnam definitely. I was teaching there in December, um, so I think mean, everybody's really that the, the, the relevance index that was created um, by, by Professor Khan seven plus years ago now was sort of just as a, a research point, but now you can see the effort that companies and retailers particularly are trying to do to just really distinguish themselves, and they have to go all in. So I'm seeing that around the world. So, you know, experiential retail doing some really investing in some really, um, you know, flashy sort of wow factor technology. So that's something that we're seeing where people are trying to really show uh, the customer go above and beyond with these concepts. Bland is just, you know, the middle doesn't work. Our, our friend Doug mm -hmm. Stevens has been saying that for a long time. Sure, sure. Um, so we see this basically the manifestation of that now really catching up how these brands are either really going overboard to try and differentiate on that or on convenience, something I think we'll talk about the work we're doing at McGill with Circle K. Um, and, and so they're just they're pushing those boundaries. And remember that, you know, that index basically is a living index. I remind, remind my customers who are trying to measure these sort of things and they usually take their own approach to it, but I remind them is it's always shifting because your competitor is always investing as well. So how what are you doing you know if you really want to stay above average, you know, the ninety five percent of people think they're above average. If you're if you if you did okay in stats class in high school, you'll know that there's a problem with that definition. So you um you coined the phrase off-used, much-respected, uh, the great acceleration. So it was, it was often heard during the COVID era. It still is heard today. So if you were, and you literally read the book about, wrote the, the book about. So if you were to go back and do a second edition of the book, what do you think you got right? And, and what would be different about the second edition? And, and is it a fair question? Do we, do we understand yet the longer-term implications of the, of the COVID era? Yeah, so I think you know I focused a lot in the on, in the first edition of the book on the e-commerce side because that was what we were measuring. What sure. we're the data points we're lacking in this industry is all the digital influence that we have around e-commerce. So, you know, customers are sort of over-indexed and we pushed really hard on the e-commerce side. We've seen big companies like Target and others sort of 
uh, rebalancing that because they sort of neglected the rest and socially supply chain was a big issue? The, the consensus is, I mean, we had what, something like 70% year-over-year growth in Canada. And Canada was a real laggard, which you, you wouldn't say anymore, really. Canada caught up globally. But it, it, would you agree that that growth stuck? I mean, the percentage of growth year-over-year year has, has trimmed off yeah, quite a bit. Yeah, obviously. But. So, I mean, it was an artificial. But the idea is, and that's why I keep coming back to that, you know, digital physical strength is I hate, or, and it's my, part of it is my own, my, own, my own doing, is that focus, as soon as people hear digital commerce, they think e-commerce. They don't see all the digital yeah. influence yeah. that goes around it. Even again, from, from using that last chart and getting into predictive and prescriptive analytics, which is digital for me, the idea that we're getting to this 50-50 world, Panera is already there. Over 50% of their orders are online before actually people show up. For me, that's the blurring of physical and digital, where we don't really make the difference. And as an industry, retail, hospitality, we've done a very poor job of integrating those two things. We still treat them very discreet uh, as discrete channels. And we're, we, we still have the reward systems and the mechanics. We still have you know stores out there that don't want to take e-commerce returns. I mean, this is something you know better than I do because you've been doing this a long. You know, you live in that place too. I did some of it with Costco back in the day, but uh, I mean, that doesn't work. That that will pull your score, your your ease score. Away. You know, really being right now being below average is you're gonna get you're gonna get hammered. So well, and 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 more and more, it's becoming a distinction without a difference. Like, what is an online order? If you if you research online who and buy a store, who cares? No, <laughs> the operators who run those channels yes, care. Sorry, sorry. But if you're the, running logistics, you care. Yes. So it's not it's not immaterial, but it really is a, I'm a, talking a the consumer. Yeah, yeah. The, the consumer is the channel, as as is often said. Um, our friend uh, we were hanging with uh, in Las Vegas, Phil Waba. If you don't know Phil, he's uh, from Montreal. You're him from Montreal, and he's a, he's one of the top retail writers. Writes for a Fortune magazine. Uh, on the stage, and to us, he described he described Canada as the Bermuda Triangle of retail now. Of American retail. Of American retail. That's right. So, so what do you think's going on? We've had a lot of high profile failures. As you can go back as far as Sears, but even this quarter, Bed Bath and Beyond. Nordstrom lows. What's what's going on? What are they what are they missing? What are they not getting right? And what do you, what do you think is going on? It's, I think it's pretty obvious that you know there was a lack of focus on the market. So if you treat us like the you know, 51st state, uh, it's not going to work. I, I was very fortunate to be quite close to Price Club um, for the you know the big piece of that uptick from the mid 90s to the mid 2000s and and saw that that phenomenal growth they had. And I always come back to Louise Wendland. I don't know if any of you have ever worked with Price Club Costco, but Louise was the president. They put a Canadian CEO, they put a full Canadian organization. They actually had two head offices because before the merger between Price Club and Costco Wholesale, they had Burnaby and they had Laval. And now it moved to NPN when they consolidated. But they always had a really uh, strong, dedicated national Canadian team. And they had the market for it in that channel, something that Nordstrom's and others probably couldn't afford to put a full sales team in. Yeah. Look what's happening right now. A lot of these brands are actually pulling back their Canadian team, which I think is a big mistake. Adidas shut down their Canadian. Uh, it's not going to get any better. I could, they got to pay for Yeezy, a uh, billion dollars worth of Yeezy merchandise that they got no home for. They, so, they got to figure out how to pay for that, I think. I mean, and it, it should be said that there are, you know, there are vastly more successful international and American companies here. You know, you just named one Costco. We can go long list, Walmart, Home Depot. Yeah, so I don't know if the list is that long, but yeah, you know, the independent channel is still really strong here as well. Yeah, right on. 
Um, let's talk about uh, a wobbly unicorn, so the old unicorn phenomenon. Uh, we just saw Casper this week sold for a, like a nickel, basically, uh, to, uh, to Sleep Country, and, and you know, based on their evaluation. But, you know, there's a lot of these um, unicorns with vast, vast valuation that has now been, been cut in half or you know, down to 95% of what it was before. Uh, what did they get wrong? And, and is there still hope for, I don't know what you call them, pure play or alternative or, or disruptor in the retail space? I think what they got wrong was they, they, they built a business model that was uh, uh, predicated on, on cheap capital and access to venture capital money that was just limitless until a year ago. <laughs> and so they, they, all, all the focus was on the top line with no focus on the bottom line. And this, and this pivot um, to the bottom line is really hurting that business model that doesn't have the oxygen left in it to get to uh, get the profitability. So now they're selling off the parts, they're trying to figure it out. and, and and take the losses, but there are still some. Some to your second part of your question, definitely is always going to be opportunity for for direct to consumer um, uh, plays that are just going to be again differentiated and sustainable. And sustainable every time I use the word sustainable, I hope in your mind you're thinking not just the environmental aspect, but the economic and the social as well. So I'm seeing a lot of brands emerging. I think the playbook is going to be very different. Mm -hmm. And it is. I, I, did. I, I work in venture capital, but so I invest in some startups. And I mean, you know, the discussions we've been having over the last year are very different than the ones we were having five years ago. What did Warren Buffett say? Uh, he said, when the tide goes out, you see you swimming naked. So I think we're starting to see, swimmers out there right starting to see a lot of naked swimmers. Um, let's talk about the state of retail in Canada briefly. So I think we're starting to see, it used to be when you looked at retail numbers, they were either a barometer or a reflection of the overall economic health of the economy, but I think there's been a decoupling more and more, which I'm, I think goes under the radar screen a bit, because you you know, I, I see commentators say, oh, retail's off, retail's up, retail's flat, and they think it's broader, but I, I feel like there's a, a great distortion of retail sales in many categories during COVID, like bought forward, yeah. and I, I'm, I'm starting to feel like a lot of those sales are have already been bought, and now people are going for experiences and travel and other things. What do you what do you think? What do you make of the, the state of retail? I think aggregation is very is a very dangerous place to go right now. If you're looking at averages, is I think it's your your, your co-host from your your other podcast that has a really good saying: the average human has one breast and one testicle. Yeah. Um, it's a saying. So I think if you're looking at that, uh, if you're looking at that uh, those averages, it just doesn't show the, the picture that's really going on. Where you have the Lululemons, the Aritzias. They're just rocking it and keep on crushing their, you know, crushing their numbers with a very focused strategy. And then you have obviously the the, the ones that have been struggling and and, and have just have really hard time. You know, the U.S. Uh, poster child and that's JCPenney, but there's and Sears, which I, I I don't even know. I think there's still five of them around right now. But um, it's just you know, uh, so there's decoupling. What's interesting, I, the, I need to do a little more research around that, but I think is the long tail, which I, I believe for this audience is important to understand, is this, this independent channel again. So the, 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 the front of the tail is really compressed. You know, we've gone from, well, especially as all, in Canada, as all the department stores have exited, you know, we're down to basically the bay, if we can, you know, your former employer. Yeah. Uh, Simon's does a good job. They'll well, that, that, that was the one that was. They don't call about. themselves a department store. No, and, and they're they're incredible, but uh, yeah. everything else is sort of this long tail, this in detail that is really picking up. So that's that for me is very encouraging. I, I'm a big believer in the independent channel, and I hope that they, 
you know, find a way. They definitely need your support. So please, you know, I hope you're knocking on those doors as well. I know you are because it's sort of in your, in yeah. your DNA. But you know that the independent channel and the technology is more and more uh, accessible to that. You know, when selling a POS system 20 years ago, your Epicor and it was a half million dollars starting. You know, to get now. You know, there's, you can put tools, I know you all have tools available for them that, you know, they can easily absorb along with all the other tools they need. Uh, Michelle Sirwa has a great uh, phrase. He, he says you really need to understand what's on their piece of paper when you're sitting in front of any retailer, any restaurateur, any cannabis retailer. Let's, let's stick with independent retailers. You have a lot of experience. You were overseeing, uh, helping the mega group, which is made up of hundreds and hundreds of indie retailers. What, what uh, in your mind... Given everything you said today, what we're talking about, uh, what is it going to take? Uh, what are the key success factors for independents to be successful? Well, I mean, they're they're in a, a strong position in terms. Most of them are financially a lot more sustainable than uh, our DTCs are. Um, the big challenge, I think, is not just retail for all small businesses is is finding that next generation. And, and you can usually feel that. I'm sure you all feel it as well. It's something I always talk. We talked a lot about is I hope that you're. I'm seeing more and more investments made to try to match uh, those businesses with new buyers because I think that's that was always a top uh, challenge mega we we're trying to find people to come in and, and take over those businesses because when when those owners are looking at a five or a year window or less that they're basically done that the investments stop and the business becomes basically worthless you know so how do we maintain that momentum get them involved so that we, we have uh, business owners who want to make the investments they need to make to remain competitive Let's dive a little bit for a few seconds into the uh, Innovation Lab at McGill. Uh, and you mentioned uh, Circle K, Augmentation Kushtar, just such a powerful uh, Canadian company. What, what kind of lessons are you starting to take away from there? Because I'm, I'm watching, um, if you look, for example, at Amazon with Just Walk Out Technology, it has not been successful. Uh, their uh, vaunted 3,000 Go stores is now reduced by eight, so I think there's five or seven or something like that. Now they're having some success selling their palm reading biometrics into Panera Bread. Yeah. Uh, so they've, they've, they've kind of pivoted to uh, we're going to sell just walkout technology versus we're going to run stores. But, but there's lessons there for, you know, for a while it was all going to be shop it like you stole the technology and it was going to be self-checkout. And, and uh, what lessons are you learning from that? from that lab and, and what can you share? Yeah, it's actually really so far, I imagine, you know, for the Toronto crowd, maybe less familiar with what's happening in Montreal at Miguel, but, um, so five years ago, Miguel, uh, six years ago now already, we announced the launch of a retail management school. I see, we, I was, I joined the day two, basically, after the day after that press release, I, I, I signed up to support this, uh, this initiative. And, and among the retail management school, uh, which is housed in, in the management uh, program, but we have a fully dedicated retail program, uh, is this innovation lab component. And the innovation lab is actually, if any of you have been to uh, McGill campus, is on Sherbrooke Street, which is a very popular community. Uh, Michelle came and saw it with me uh, this past December. Uh, and we have a fully functional, it looks like for 99% of people who walk into this Kushtar or Circle K, it just looks like pretty much any other Circle K, except for a couple of, uh, of, of new technologies that they can opt to use or not. And um, so we've, we've had a couple of really interesting lessons, and, and we actually have a roadshow of those lessons in Quebec that starts on Thursday. We're going to go around the province and share some of them. But one of the big highlights for us was, to your question, I think, where you're getting at is, we had the first frictionless store in Canada, 
and it was, it was uh, supposed to be uh, Circle K's first frictionless store in North America, but because of uh, COVID, there was some delays in getting technology set up in Montreal, so uh, it ended up being the first one in Canada. They had Arizona set up a couple months before us. And uh, we thought this was going to be super exciting. We had a dedicated corner. It, you had with the app, sort of Amazon Go style, check in and go into this dedicated section that had all the cameras and super expensive setup. And we have obviously predominantly students <laughs> on campus. We're not. It's not just students because we have office towers around us and condos and but. 95% probably people are walking or students. So we thought the students are going to love this, right? They're going to love it. It's new technology. New generation love new technology. They're all going to jump in. But anyways, I'll just say that the adoption was actually very low. Uh, the friction was actually, we called it frictionless, and we realized there was a lot of friction, starting with the use of the app and the fact that that was. So there's a lot of lessons. We're doing a ton of research. That's why Circle K was uh, interested in the project, because we have all our academics doing a bunch of other background research while this is going on. but. While this very fancy, uh, super expensive, uh, frictionless store was set up, uh, this other interesting piece of hardware showed up. Uh, it was just put, sort of dropped in the end of the counter, and it was this little uh, device that basically allowed shoppers to drop two, three, four, five items on this probably uh, 18 inch by 18 inch uh, counter. It would automatically tally, and it wasn't using RFID, it wasn't using barcode or a QR code or anything like that. It was purely using computer vision, and and and, and there was no app needed. You just basically you had your 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 payment terminal, actually, just tap your credit card and go. And that little device that we sort of was pushed off to the side had far more success, and then this very complex uh, and 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 expensive uh, just walk out. Now. Yeah, that said, so the, the little device uh, is called the Mastion, uh, and I'm sure there's going to be other iterations of that they are going to come out. Kushtar actually committed to buying 7,500 of these to put into their stores around North America. Um, but they are still committed to uh, frictionless as well and trying to figure that out. I think the idea for them, um, although I'm pretty sure next question is going to be about disbanding on the innovation team, but um, is the idea that uh, they, they don't want to be stuck behind. When the time comes where the technology might, might curve is going to catch up, and the cost of computer are going to come down, the cost of bandwidth, all that is going to make it economically more feasible. That's not when they want to start figuring this out. They want to be, they've already been figuring this out for a couple of years and using our space to help do that. So they've come up with a newer iteration using standard cognition, which of course now just called standard AI, uh, a tech stack. It's throughout the whole space. It's an opt-in. You can it basically, as you walk in, it starts tracking what you're picking up, and you can just go to the regular till and pay for there. Or if you have the app loaded on your phone, and and when I say tracking, by the way, there's no uh, personally identifiable information until you get to the payment stage if you opt to pay that way. So they're they're still playing around with it, and uh, and it's a lot of lessons learned. Number one lesson: it's not because it's the younger generation they're necessarily that much more inclined. If the technology, if, you see, if the app, if the user experience, actually, they're harder to convince because as soon as the technology becomes a little complicated, they, they just bounce off because they're used to using these, all these social media tools. They're super intuitive. And as soon as it becomes you know, moderately compl complex, they're out. All right, we're going to wrap this up with a rapid fire round. I'm going to give you one word, and uh, or one phrase, and uh, you give me a one word response. You ready? So AI. I must. The metaverse. <laughs> metaverse. Uh, retail media networks. Massive. Poutine or brisket? Come on. Next question. 
<laughs> Favorite holiday destination? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, Morocco. Twitter. Uh, meh. TikTok. Uh, scary. Retail cannabis. Uh, please. Sorry? Please. Yeah, retail, please. Retail cannabis. I, listen, I, yeah, it's a big, big industry, so I guess a big... Re, uh, virtual reality. Um, augmented. Self-checker. Uh, and, and not if, when. Amazon. Uh, on the decline. Most underestimated retail technology. Payment. Most overhyped retail technology. Uh, VR, uh, digital twins VR. All right. Uh, Habs, Leaf, or the Senators? Go back to the same question. <laughs> <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen, Carl Boutet, uh, thanks, Carl, for joining me. It was great. Thank you all. That does it for this special episode of The Trusted Advisor. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. If you did, be sure to subscribe to the RSP YouTube channel and The Trusted Advisor podcast so you never miss an episode. We'd also appreciate if you'd rate us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. My personal philosophy is the more stars, the better. Before we go, big thanks again to Carl Boutet and Michael LeBlanc for sharing their wisdom with us today and sharing their wisdom during the RSPA Canadian Community event back at the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, in mid-April. Thanks also to RSPA Marketing Director Chris Arnold for his production work, Joseph McDade for our music, and last but not least, thanks so much to you for listening. Our goal at the RSP is to accelerate the success of our members in the retail technology ecosystem by providing knowledge and connections. For more information, visit our website at gorspa.org. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, everybody.